0: welcome to the bloody broads pod we are your bloody broads i'm bhavna sharma
1: and i'm jamie howard we are your horror guides from page to screen and everything in between and bhavna guess yeah. what what <laughs> It's our 50th episode. Yay! Ooh. Um, I feel like I've I've become such a woo girl in all of our intros. I think I've said woo or some variation, like at least two episodes in a row now. Definitely pushing three. Anyways. Listen, uh, we're
0: a woo-pod,
1: and if you have a problem with it,
0: leave us a five-star review.
1: <laughs> <laughs> write it in a five-star review and we'll read it on the show. Yes. Uh but I can't believe we've hit 50 episodes. Time flies. I know. Uh, and so that means that our two year anniversary is quickly approaching. Oh my God. We're hitting the terrible twos. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, not the terrible twos. I hope it's not terrible. The horrifying twos, the jump the, scare twos. The I don't totally know. The totally awesome twos. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be positive. <laughs> um, but this week. We are yes. going back to a chapter that we feel very strongly about, and we have covered the original film exactly a year ago to the day of us recording this, actually. Uh, but we are talking about the fifth installment in the Insidious franchise, Insidious Behind the Red Door. Yes! <laughs> uh,
0: you know, from all intents and purposes, this seemed like it would be the last one, but
1: who knows? I Okay, so I listened to an interview with Patrick Wilson uh, today while I was getting ready to record this. And he said that he thinks it's closed and he did direct this one. This was his directorial feature length debut, which what a debut you get to have. <laughs> right.
0: And you get to have a debut over an IP that you helped create, right? Like, you know, or that you helped mold. Like you are the face of the franchise.
1: Well, and he talks about that in this interview I was listening to, Um, he basically just says, you know, why would I, I, he was telling the whole story and essentially, uh, Leigh L had a 12 page script treatment, gave it to Patrick and his agents. Patrick read it, said, I love this, but then originally turned down the chance to direct. And he said he thought about it overnight and literally less than 24 hours later, he called back and was like, I'm an idiot. What am I thinking? Like, of course I want to direct
0: this. Yes, like he'd be such an idiot to turn that down.
1: (laughs) Well, and I really respect him. And this is just my personal bias showing because he started out in theater and he was a very awarded theater, you know, stage actor, had done musicals and worked in music before as well. So I understand where that fear was coming from, because I think to transfer from stage to screen and then from screen to not just your first time directing, but to direct while you're also the lead in a film, I cannot Mm. imagine. That is that is very overwhelming. But granted, like you said, he does know the franchise inside out, has been here since day one. And this movie kind of goes back to day one. So,
0: yeah, it does. And I mean, it also kind of makes sense, given like what we'll jump into plot wise as to why he wasn't he was in it, but he wasn't like in it as much as he was like this is very much a Dalton movie.
1: I was shocked that he was not in this more. What? I I don't know. First thoughts, because I didn't know what to expect.
0: Well, I'm like, hmm, divorce. Divorce. Like, that was oh, my that first shot. that threw shock. me off. Yeah. That threw me
1: off. Okay, like, so...
0: I when the movie starts off, like, I'm very, like, hmm. Like, yeah. what?
1: And Obviously, I'm like, we're going to get into spoilers right away, you guys, if you're listening like we normally do. But yeah. that shook me. Sorry, yeah. continue.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. That shook me, too. And then, too, that, like, okay, I, I had no idea where the plot was going aside from the basics, like, Dalton going to college. Yeah. Like, stuff, but, like, the the state of the family... At that point, I was like, what, what, what?
1: Also, and maybe this is just me misremembering mm-hmm. the second movie. Mm-hmm. That little girl, has she, she's always been in the family, right? Yeah, she was the baby. That's what I thought. Okay. Dalton
0: had a brother that was like maybe an Irish twin of his. Right, and then like, there was the baby, the one that yes. was always crying.
1: Yes. In That's the, first the little movie. girl. So she but should be about
0: 10 now or something.
1: Well, because it's nine years after yeah. the second movie, yeah, and
0: so she's about like nine ish.
1: Yeah, and so Dalton is uh, eighteen, going to college, yeah. like we said. And I almost didn't recognize him because the casting for this was so well done. Isn't it the same cast? The the that's what I'm saying. Like the yeah. whole family is just oh. so well cast because he looks like Patrick's biological he son. Does. I was like, oh, he my does. God. <laughs> like, I was like, I looked over uh, at my partner and I was like, damn, like, how did that work out? <laughs> because, right, how did know. they guess this like 10 years ago? <laughs> right, um, but it was really interesting to realize that now we were gonna talk about Dalton. Mm-hmm. I, again, I just didn't know what to expect, like you said. Uh, and we get the quintessential pulling up to college scene after the opening scene. Mm-hmm. but to talk about the opening scene for a second, a it's at the funeral, which yeah. I I put two and two together very quickly. Yeah. And B, like you said, I was like, now when they were walking by their car, I was like, wait a damn minute. Are they not together anymore? I think having divorce in this is incredibly realistic because yes. so many marriages break up after a death or stress in general in the family mm-hmm. um, that revolves around an illness. And, so yeah. that's kind of exactly what happened. Dalton had a quote unquote illness. Yeah. And I mean, I get it. That's a lot of stress, but. And I, he couldn't
0: remember everything. That was the whole point was that right. him and Dalton couldn't remember. So like when you can't remember something, like your mind is filling in the gaps and like, you know, the strain on Rose Burns' character to not talk about it with him.
1: Which is wild. I, if, yeah. if I found out that my spouse was hiding the fact that I was possessed do you know i'm laughing because it sounds so crazy but like i i think i would go full uh burn it all down and then some to put it lightly like holy shit i would go full waiting to exhale like right like
0: i would just like if i I don't know how i she didn't just explode at one point
1: like i don't know how she she
0: didn't just like no, no no i mean like before yeah, she had to like, yeah. I I don't know how she like kept that in and like how it got so far to divorce, like when she could have because clearly you can tell in the scenes that they are together that she still loves him and she oh, still like gives a shit. And she's still like, you know, you get the idea that they probably would have stayed together if they had gone through it together as opposed to just her.
1: Absolutely. And I think that that speaks to kind of a bigger picture that I know a lot of my friends who are mothers, um, can relate to where you know the mom is doing all this emotional work and it's apparently her fault that the family fell apart but at least I will say this at least in this movie the kids know that it was not the mom's fault because this movie this is my one sentence review you guys you ready this movie is daddy issues the spooky version
0: like, yes, and daddy issues through the lens of a son and not a daughter for once. For once, the thank movie. Because
1: yeah, let's, let's talk about it real quick. I never want to hear yeah. someone be described as a single mom or a uh, someone with quote unquote daddy issues because the single mother is actually just an ab- it's just an absent father or an absent other parent so it really pisses me off when that gets labeled you know with yeah. young women especially because she didn't yep. shouldn't create it by herself but then on the other side of that it's like you said it's usually women who get slapped with the daddy issues label when in reality it mm-hmm. should it should be the parent being told hey maybe you have a parenting skill issue uh which you guys one. Just a tiny one. Uh anyone that's been listening, y'all know our whole what we talk about all the time and kind of our whole quote unquote shtick here is that we talk about mental health with every single movie, no matter how wild it, it is, because we can always relate to some aspect of it. This movie and all of the insidious movies have been slammed as by some people who are critiquing it as trauma porn and I don't think it's trauma porn at all. This is the first time I ever thought it was so overtly about parental trauma because before this I feel like they kind of shied away from it honestly.
0: Yeah and they focused more on like um, uh, Patrick Wilson's character from when he was a kid not so much what he was doing to his kids. Like this is the find out part. The first couple of citizens really (laughs) fuck around in terms of his kids. This one is the find out film in the (laughs) series.
1: We've F-A'd, now we're going to F-O. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, this movie is basically Daddy Issues, the spooky version. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Dalton pulls up to college, and, you know, I apparently missed something in my college experience, because I, not once did I ever, on the first day of class, walk out to an acapella group singing on the lawn. And that has been in every single movie. Since, like, have, Pitch Perfect? Like, yes. Well, I was thinking it, it even happens in the Covenant. Well, a version happens in the Covenant. And I was like... Oh, yeah, it does. I, I was like, "What? what is this acapella bit? Like, yes, they were acapella Sorry, I was, was st- distracted. <laughs> no, yeah, we weren't really paying attention to that movie for the plot, you guys. I was paying attention uh, to
0: the plot. <laughs>
1: but dalton gets in gets into this prestigious art school and gets this prestigious art teacher who is played by none other than i'm going to say her name wrong i'm sorry in advance i think it's Hiam or Heum, uh, Abbas. And so she's Marsha from Succession. Yes. And honestly, Slayer. I
0: made that I, my mind went like, oh, shit, that's Marsha. And then I went like, <laughs> oh, right. Patrick Wilson's wife was in Succession. So yes, that would make sense as to why she'd probably get an offer to audition or be offered the role.
1: Well, what killed me is I was like, my first thought was because I love Succession so much. I was Same. like, this is what Marsha was doing the whole <laughs> first half of season three and four. <laughs> yeah. like,
0: she's like, I'm just going to fuck doing- off to the Northeast and uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: and teach art classes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I oh love man. So much.
0: No. And she's such like a like uh, her as an art teacher. I was like, Jesus Christ
1: um if right it reminded me of every theater teacher I've ever had past a certain level where like it it was they all thought they were uh the second coming of basically any major mm -hmm. theater teacher of the early 20th century like I was Mm -hmm. trying to think of just one to make a comparison to but literally anyone who taught the quote-unquote method like that's that's what she was giving. It was very much giving like Russian ballet teacher, very strict theater teacher. And she tells them to put the, well, first they have that whole scene with the ripping the yeah. picture. Yeah, like was take something crazy.
0: you think is really awesome and present it to me. Oh yeah? Fucking rip it up.
1: <laughs> yeah, wild. Uh, but then she tells them to put the charcoal to paper and do not pick it up. And she starts counting backwards. And when she started counting backwards, even though they had not, they had only alluded to that in the early parts of the film mm-hmm. every single person in my theater was clearly a fan of this franchise yeah. because everyone went oh like you could just like yeah. hear <laughs> as soon as she started counting our entire theater was like fuck
0: <laughs> yeah I I went to see this with my with my cousin John Denny yes. uh, a favorite guest of ours yes. um and we were both just like oh no <laughs> Like, our best Phoebe Buffet voice just, oh, <laughs> oh no. no.
1: <laughs> it's just so funny to me that prior to Insidious, Astral Projection was not really a mainstream of no. modern horror. Mm-hmm. And now it's in multiple other fr- movies and franchises, not just this one, which is crazy.
0: That is crazy, because I'm just like, before Insidious, like, Astral Projection was just something I talked about with people. And now it's like a thing on screens. <laughs>
1: It is wild to me that this franchise spans just, well, I guess by the time this comes out, it'll be just at a decade. But that is crazy to me because I just remember watching the first one and immediately falling in love. And the acting and the styling and all of it carries over into every single installment of the franchise. And I know going into this, a lot of people were worried because like, what is Patrick Wilson gonna give us in a directorial debut? what is it going to look like compared to the others? And I think people that are big fans of the franchise are very relieved that it's not that different. That's just my personal, you know,
0: it's aside from it, not being in California. uh, It's not that different. Like there are more locations to this one. Like uh, I find in the other insidious movies, they stick to like maybe about three or four locations and that's it. Whereas this one, like obviously you have several, um, because you kind of have to, but it works. Um, I liked that the uh, ghosts that we see, the ghost demons, people that live in the further that we get to see, like they all have the same
1: vibe. Well, and something else that uh, Patrick Olson talked about in that interview, um, it was on a Bloody Disgusting podcast, you guys, I think it was Boo Crew. Yeah, it was Boo Crew. Um, He was saying that he wanted to bring back a lipstick face and he wanted to bring back some of the other demons that had been in other films in the franchise because they kind of got away from that in the last one uh which I completely blanked out on there being a four Bhavna and I both thought that this was number four it's number five yes I completely <laughs> forgot about uh the final key because yes this is the second time we've been told this is like a quote-unquote final chapter so you know right forgive us for being a little confused <laughs> yeah Listen,
0: guys, there's only two brain cells and we share them. So we pong
1: them back and forth. <laughs> we do. <laughs> uh, man. <laughs> I'm cracking myself Jeez. up. Sorry. Uh, we both but, just went uh, at the same uh, time. But uh, But yes. Anyways, it's really interesting again. And he acknowledges what a privilege it is for this to be his directorial debut. But like. It is very interesting to me to watch different directors get a hold of the same franchise and see what mm-hmm. they can do with it. I don't always love the results, but it's always interesting by the nature of it being different
0: it is it is like um the for example, like if you want to go talk about the m c u for a second like yeah, you know yeah. there's Kenneth Branas Thor. Which and is, then there's tai, uh, Taika Waititi's Thor Ragnarok. Like, <laughs> same people, same characters, same, like, true to themselves flavors. instead of their, like, motivations and stuff. But
1: very different flavors. Very different palette. <laughs> yes. One is sorbet and one is chocolate ice cream, as I like yes. to say. Yes. But, Both
0: are delicious and a great combo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. But it is interesting, too, that we finally get to see the kids sort of grown up. I can tell uh, them apart now. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> that's why I had such a time trying to figure out if that little girl was the same because mm-hmm. truly we see her as like an infant and that's, you know.
0: You yeah, know. she's just the crying infant that the, the trench coat t- demon wanted to take.
1: Oh, yeah. the I called him like Inspector Gadget one yes! time. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, but seeing them all, not all grown up, but teenagers and a tween, they mm-hmm. have personalities that are a little bit, you know, easier to relate to. Selfishly, uh, and then something interesting happens in this film that we have not gotten since, I believe, the third film, and that we get a black main character. Oh and, yes, yes. And I was very concerned when she, when we first meet Chris. So Chris gets accidentally put in a room with Dalton at college because they think her name is a male. Um, that it almost happened to me at college as well because Jamie is gender neutral. yeah. Uh, and I was in a co-ed dorm. Anyways, uh, she, when we first meet her, I was really worried she was going to be slapsticky and like the forced mm-hmm. comedic relief. And I'm so glad she didn't turn out like that.
0: <laughs> no, I am so glad too. And I'm so glad that she didn't just stick with Dalton just because. That yes. like when she was scared of him, she was actually like, yeah, no, I drive, I drop boundaries until like it was like imminent danger
1: you know I'm glad that you brought that up because it didn't hit me until she was like well you're you did scare me so when she said that it like really hit me that she's kind of the antithesis of every female character in this franchise Mm -hmm. that (laughs) didn't just dive right in and want to help (laughs) right like she's not the grandmotherly you know spirit of Lynn Shay's character Elise or um,
0: Barbara Hershey's character yes, or, whose name I'm yeah. blanking
1: on but Barbara Hershey's character Barbara, the mommy of daddy Patrick <laughs> yes we love her yes oh, what a babe um, yes. and I was refreshing like I said it was just very refreshing because I was really mm-hmm. worried they were going to make her be like sassy black best friend yeah I was really worried about that <laughs> I mean she was sassy
0: she was black she was only friend.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> but she didn't have the... We, because Insidious is what it is and that the dialogue is often soapy. Mm-hmm. And boy, did it get soapy because we were going to talk about my favorite moment that my partner and I were in tears in the theater laughing at. Mm. Um, because... I know what I'm getting into with these movies and I know it's slightly soapy and you know, melodramatic. Yeah. I was really scared. I was like, Oh no. When they introduced her, I was like, this is going to be racist. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully it was not. Uh, but she does kind of get to save his ass a couple different times, but she's not the magical black best friend trope either. No. So thank you to Patrick and Lee. um, but yeah, I have a lot of feelings about her. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm putting a lot of emotional weight into her. I don't know what you felt when you when we finally get to meet her. Um,
0: I was refreshed as well, but I'm also apprehensive as I am whenever any non-white person gets introduced to
1: exactly. anything
0: ever these days. Um, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I want to attach to you. I want to root <laughs> for you. I want to know who you are, but I don't want you to be just used and abused.
1: We don't want to um, get uh, freshed again. No,
0: no, we don't. <laughs> um, still love that movie. Please go listen to our episode. Um,
1: Agreed. But
0: I, I really liked that. Like she was supportive, but like apprehensively supportive. Like she well, yeah. was that chaotic friend, but she wasn't that. Cha- but she was that chaotic friend that was extremely aware of consequences of her chaos.
1: Yes, although she was so smart at the frat party Mm -hmm. let's talk about the frat party oh can we
0: because i want to
1: (laughs) yes so patrick wilson's character gets this flyer for a frat party tries to tell dalton to go because it'll be a good time Mm -hmm. dalton's like dad why did you ever think that i wanted to be in the frat they go anyways because chris makes dalton go yeah it tickled me to no end that they were dressed as adult babies yeah and i was like y'all know exactly what you were doing blumhouse writing team because, truly, it is putting a stereotypical, literal stereotype of a, what a white male in America is. Privileged, mm-hmm. very privileged white male. And putting them in a diaper to point yes. out that they are the biggest babies who cannot handle the slightest inconvenience.
0: And they could not. Spoil alert. They could they not. They could
1: not. But also, <laughs> I thought, because at first I was like, why is the theme of their party... I was like, are they trying to do like a 90s rave thing with the pacifiers? And then I realized it's like, welcome back, baby banner behind them. And I was like, oh, got it, got it, got it. Uh, Which still very strange. I was like, somebody in this frat has a diaper fetish. (sighs) Uh, But... Hilarious dialogue ensues, lots of puns Mm -hmm. about drinking and very stereotypical college party. I swear that that frat house has been used in another movie that we've covered before.
0: I swear, but I don't know, and I haven't looked into it. If anybody, if if any of you guys know, let us
1: know. We would be eternally grateful because it's going to bother me until I figure it out. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I love that she was like, "We're gonna, we're gonna sneak into this person's room." And mm-hmm. it just so happens to be the president of the frat. <laughs> I died when she need him in the balls. I, I... laughed so hard. <laughs> she said, "Nick the dick." Well, I prefer need in the dick, and yeah, yeah. Like, mm, gets him real good. But this is this is right. Is this bef- is, was that the, after? This is when this is right
0: before he sees the ghost because she okay. leaves for a minute. Right, he's yeah. in there. He's stuck in there. He sees her, the thing, in the the guy in the bathroom.
1: That's what I thought. Very shining, of course.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Very I'll... very sixth sense. It was giving oh my me God, Misha yeah. Barton's
0: ghost. <laughs> Especially with I... going under the bed and everything. Like, it was giving me Misha Barton's ghost.
1: That just blew my mind a little bit because I had not made that connection. Um,
0: You're welcome. I was just
1: grossed out by the throw-up noise. That killed me. I yeah. cannot handle that at all. I was an, like, oh, no.
0: An actual thought that went through my head when that was happening. It's like, thank God I'm really just grossed out by the smell The smell is what will make me throw up. I'm like, because the sound, sound I still get grossed out by the sound, but I'm that person where like, if you're throwing up around me, I will be very nauseated by the (laughs) smell. So I will hold your hair and I will comfort you, but I will also be doing, I will also require a gas mask.
1: Right. (laughs) Uh, note to self, bring my own hair tie when I go to party with Bafna. Um, no, no, no. I'll do
0: it for you. I just won't look at you. I'll just be like,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> look away, avert your mm-hmm. gaze. Uh, but it, that was that was a ghost that made me feel horrible for him. Yeah. So, because we get a little bit of an allusion to it in the beginning with the frat, uh, frat president, Nick, Nick the Dick, making a comment about, like, you know, we can't have another incident this year and then surviving the crowd. It's like, rest in peace. Which I knew it was either going to be one of two things. It was either going to be an alcohol accident or a sexual assault incident. Mm-hmm. Because it's a, it's a frat house. It's what they're going to use in a horror Thank God way. it was alcohol. <laughs> right. Because I don't know how many times we need to say this, but neither one of us are terribly interested in films with any sexual assault, but especially if they happen to be written and directed by men. I just, unless it's also about a male character. Like, please do not use women. Yeah, please don't. We're We're done. Anyways, soapbox session over. (laughs) We get this very sad, you know, young boy's ghost. I mean, he's probably 19 or 20 at the oldest. Something like that. And because they said he was a senior. Anyways, uh, and he's throwing up in the toilet. And when he pulls his head up, I was just sad for him. Like, maybe it's my... (laughs) big sister instinct or something. I don't know. Yeah. But it just made me so sad for that poor ghost. Because all the other like, ghosts- What a way to are, go. Yeah. Well, and like all the other ghosts are like horrible, mean, you know, demented creatures that have been in there for a while. But- Like he's fresh. My, he's fresh. Right. And so this is my theory because Lynn Shay's character, they do a they do a cut of Dalton and Chris watching these YouTube videos- of her giving a speech at a at a, I'm assuming it looks like a college class. It does. And they get there first because he sees
0: a video of Specs and- um,
1: I loved that callback. Yeah. Oh my God. She and was then, like, they look like they did this on their break from Best Buy and our yeah. theater busted out laughing. And it made me think of um, Nope. Yes. <laughs> it's exactly With like Angel's that. character? Yes. I was like, that's Angel in like 20 years. Uh, I did love that and we get our cameo which is always nice. Yes, I was uh, waiting
0: for that. I was like, come oh, on guys because we already got, oh, I forget his name but um, he sees their ghost. Patrick Wilson sees his ghost at the funeral. Um,
1: Oh, man. If Elise's not, friend. Yes. If you had not made me think of it it's on the tip of my tongue, I would have been able to tell you his name. Anyways, so yes. I think that the whole movie people were kind of piecing. At least it felt this way in my theater and it wasn't super crowded because we waited to see it, but you could feel people piecing together like who was a ghost and who wasn't Mm -hmm. very sick. Like you said, very, a sixth sense moment. But when we have that section of exposition where it's X, they are showing us and telling us, which I am not always a fan of with those YouTube videos. Yeah surprisingly wasn't as annoyed as I thought I was going to be but did you feel like they were setting this up where if someone had not watched the first one they could watch this one because that is what it felt like to me yeah
0: that's it that's what it felt like to me is that you got enough of like that information to be like okay but you had enough of like you had still had a rich experience if you had or you hadn't Like, it wouldn't be as rich if you hadn't, but...
1: I will say, once Specs came on screen, everybody started, like, everybody went, oh, like... Yeah, (laughs) I was kind of like, oh, that's it? I thought he was going to show up. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know. I wanted him to, too. Uh, But seeing Dalton piece together all of this, you know, why he keeps drawing this doorway and why he drew this picture of this woman who turns out to be Elise, it, to me in my mind and this is very stereotypical cuz again psych degree couldn't be, I'm still can't believe that I was going to be a therapist but I was going to be a therapist and my brain immediately went to this movie is essentially like the best advertisement for art therapy you could ever have because it's literally dalton unlocking his childhood traumas via art yep and i was like Holy shit. It reminded me of, uh, I think it's like episode four or five of Haunting of Hill House when she had yes. the little kid's house with the, yeah, with the wood yep. face. I don't want to give too much away, but, um, I loved it. I, I genuinely think that the art school aspect gave us something that I think a normal college would not have.
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed. And- it it's no, like, it's it's no accident that he's really good at art as well, you know? Like, it wasn't just like, oh, because, like, when he was a kid, he drew pictures and there were pictures all over his wall and everything, too. So, like, I like that that's also a little bit of a callback.
1: I loved it, yeah.
0: And, like, I like that it just shows that, like, you can't really lock out parts of your past, you know? Like, yeah, they, Ooh, they yeah. hypnotize both of them to not remember, but because he has this very convenient hobby, you know, and talent... Well, there was something is, always there.
1: Yes, I loved it. I The callback took me a second because I genuinely, I was like, well, why is he still drawing? Oh, like it, it like dawned on me a couple minutes into the movie. Um, and again, these are, you and I both are such big fans of these movies that I mm-hmm. am surprised it took me that long. But there was a couple different moments like that where I was like, oh. Uh, and something else that I found really interesting was, I can't remember, does Chris say, she's like, do you want to blow on my, did, did she call it a blower? A hum. What does she call it? It was just
0: one of those, I forgot what it is, but it's like essentially one it's of a those keyboard. like, it's a keyboard, but it's like, you got to blow into it. Like it, that's how it's powered, almost yeah, like a harmonica, but, but, she calls but not. It,
1: she calls it something. Anyways, she calls it's it a something. sexual innuendo. Yeah. Which, we loved yes. uh, and she's like, just relax. And so Dalton, she's like, relax. It's, it's my keyboard or whatever. So Dalton goes to play on it and he plays the same tune from the first two movies uh, that Rose Byrne's character plunks out on the piano, mm-hmm. which I loved again, another great seamless callback. And I will say not only could you watch this one directly after only the first one or the second one, I think you wouldn't have to watch three and four to watch this. I know you wouldn't have to watch. four. No, you wouldn't but- have to. Yeah, but definitely I recommend it only for the lore yes. uh, because we get, the, we get every ghost in every movie so far in different visions that both Patrick and, we keep calling him Patrick. <laughs> <That is laughs> not his character's name. No. And Dalton. Uh, but over the course of the whole movie, we get all of the ghosts eventually. Mm-hmm. And every time he dips into the further, As a person who has been on both sides of the camera, I just have to admire, it is the most genius, budget-friendly plot device I have ever seen. Because all the further is, is blue lights and a fog machine. Yep. (laughs) Genius. And it's, like,
0: you don't need to have a big budget production to have an image like that burned into your brain to have that kind of atmosphere, to have that kind of visceral reaction to a place. Like, yeah. Oh beautiful. no.
1: Yeah. You don't listen. The thing that they spent the most money on was set design for the house and the college. Mm-hmm. There were multiple, there were multiple locations. Like we said, the first movie, there's only like two locations. Yep. And then of course, you know, Patrick directing and acting and then probably just the CGI and makeup for the demons in the further. Mm-hmm. But what Elise talks about and what I kind of wrapped into both understanding how ghosts in this universe work and kind of how they structure this film. She talks about in the YouTube video how the further you travel the further away from life you get and kind of the longer those ghosts have been there and the hungrier they are. I love that she says hungry Mm because they're feeding off human life. That's a very Japanese belief, which I find really interesting. There's a lot of hungry ghosts in Japanese lore. Um, But I was like, oh, that's why some of these demons have, I don't want to say regressed, but deteriorated in the last couple movies. They've gotten uglier. Yes they have scarier and mm-hmm. grosser <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's why they don't look like people but the frat brother who died from alcohol poisoning looked i mean he you know who he looks like he looks like the kid that says i like turtles yeah <laughs> with the skeleton makeup or the frankenstein makeup i have Bobna has disappeared off screen laughing you guys <laughs> I, like oh, I like turtles um <laughs> i i have just felt very strongly about that character in this film he, It was very sad. Uh, It was. And
0: it also then, because he's fresh, like no wonder Dalton was scared and thought it was an actual person.
1: Right. Exactly. So we get the scene uh, kind of in the further when they're trying to retrieve. I guess they're trying to get back to the red door at this point, technically, because we've had the house party. We've had the next day where they go back and try to sneak in. And I love that she uses her fun fact about herself when she's like, I ordered takeout in, in a British accent. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I seem to have left my brasier upstairs. Yeah. Um, and that's how they sneak in. But getting glimpses of how it is affecting her and Chris in the real world versus how it's affecting Dalton in the further, mm-hmm. I... I don't want to, you know, put too much weight into this because I genuinely think Chris just so happened to be black. I don't think that was by any stretch of the imagination written that way, to my knowledge. No, I don't think so. And tell me if I'm way off base. Mm -hmm. But I think there is an extra layer of this is how it affected this man. Look how deeper it affected this woman and look how much deeper past that it affected a woman of color. Yeah. Specifically a black woman. Yep. And that's why her boundaries have to be so firm. hmm.
0: Yeah. That ties back to what I was saying earlier. It's like I like that she set that up because like she was so affected and she's there's a moment where you get that kind of reaction from her. Like, this is not what she says, but this is exactly what's mm-hmm. in her actions and in her expressions. It's just like, oh, this is fucked up like he doesn't see how <laughs> fucked up this is and that's even more scary and i got to go
1: <laughs> well and she gets she gets strangled and so yeah he takes her to the campus health clinic which i'm like oh my god why would you not go directly but, to the hospital but and she gets strangled teenagers. and she thought
0: he was strangling her like exactly so because it you was don't even was, trust a, your friend yeah like and how do you as much as you're on board with that stuff like you st- Still like your friend was still the vessel. Regardless if you like you're like, okay, like, you know, that doesn't absolve you. At the end of the day, the images you have are not of, you know, moldy face. It's of no. like your, your friend, friend. Your yeah. trusted person.
1: Which is I'm shook even like thinking about that because she's yeah. now thinking that the person that she's closest to on camp and her entire campus experience so far is the one that choked her. And so when she tells him I'm not going, and she doesn't say fuck with this, but you know, she's like, I'm not gonna fuck with this anymore and you shouldn't either. I don't think it really sinks in how deeply it hurt her because she has to go back and say, he's like, well, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. And she's like, yeah, well, it looked like you. I mean, again, not to, not to put too much peanut butter into this otherwise plain chocolate cup, yeah. We're not trying to make a Reese's out of nothing, but yeah. I feel very strongly that the interpretation will be there if you choose to have characters who are one white and then one any other race. Like, it's just inherent it's in just, the situation. It's just what's
0: going to happen. You're going to have people that look for it and, like, are critical of, and rightfully so, critical of, oh, like, yeah. how you're presenting dynamics, how you're expecting excuse me, physically presenting these people, yeah. how, you know, everything will be scrutinized and rightfully slow. like.
1: Well, and on top of that, it's, it's just inherent, like I said, in the interaction, like we would, the, you and I have spoken about this at length on different episodes, but that's why people who say they quote unquote don't see race are A, lying and B, truly a detriment because you're not seeing the person's whole experience. No, so they don't really address that in this film at all, which is fine. Again, we're not looking for a deeper meaning in in too many things. Uh, But the flashbacks between Dalton and and Chris, and then finding out who Patrick Wilson's dad was, was such a stark contrast to me. It felt like it almost felt like two different movies. It almost did,
0: and I don't like that unlike all the other things that were kind of folded back from the first movie we didn't really get something for this I feel like it was added
1: in like it gave me a very yeah. like we
0: added this in for the plot as opposed to like everything else that they had
1: well because Ben Burton I didn't recognize his last name mm-hmm well I guess we should talk about too why he's even at like this house playing this game <laughs> yeah we have my favorite scene of the film Mm-hmm. At about the halfway point, that's the other thing. This was a two hour movie, and man, we got some minor jump scares, but like it sprinkled out kind of towards the beginning, but they were like thirty minutes in, and then we didn't get our full our first full scare until an hour almost into the movie.
0: That's it. It was a whole hour into it, and I'm like, oh, right,
1: what <laughs> Because it was a family drama. Like, I, that's why we yeah. did at first because it was all family drama. And then all of a sudden we get a, a you know, Dalton and art class having a flashback. Yeah. Uh, but we cut to after the house party and the ensuing aftermath and Dalton mm-hmm. scene into the further for the first time in a while, we cut to uh, his dad getting an MRI to figure out quote unquote, what's wrong with him. Mm-hmm. Have you and ever like- had an, an MRI? um when i was a kid okay i've had a cat scan and i've had an mri Mm -hmm. and they're not relaxing like Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. i i I cannot overstate that enough um but if you've never had one just go see this movie and the sound that it makes oh god i was i was borderline triggered i was like oh my god because it's so intense to be in a surround sound you know digital dolby whatever theater yeah have that noise Mm -hmm. come on and i think that was such a fantastic choice by the editing team i was very impressed
0: yes i also was impressed by that because it like was essentially an all-encompassing um moment too right like you could feel the claustrophobia
1: Well, the sound was just so oppressive and Mm -hmm. you could feel the claustrophobia of an MRI machine. And and if you've never been in one, you guys will, and I'm sure you know what it is, but just in case, it's a tube they put you in and this metal plate inside of it spins and it makes a horrible noise. And it's taking uh, images of your your insides. But anyways, uh, the doctor is trying to tell him, you know, like just breathe, count backwards. And he's wearing the little earplugs they give you. Yep. And then the lights shut off. And when the lights shut off, my theater, the fear was palpable. Everyone was like, absolutely not. My like my partner's like squeezing my hand off. I was like, oh my God, I'm so stressed. Yeah. Uh because how vulnerable can you possibly be when you are like how much more could have you been if he's strapped to a board, can't yep. move, in yep. a machine where he can't even crane his neck backwards that winds up being part of the fear. No. The lights shut off. The machine stops moving. And there's nobody there. Right. And he's like, hey, <laughs> I'm sorry, but it was kind of funny when he was like, doctor, <laughs> doctor. <laughs> Again, very soapy dialogue you guys. It's... Very soapy, but you know what? It's we fine. It, it works. <laughs> yeah. It works for this franchise. I've come to expect it in this. Yes. But he's slowly craning his neck back because he hears something Mm -hmm. And we don't see it. This was a good fake out because we don't see it behind him. It's when he turns slowly back over like his neck in Mm -hmm. that we see her. And I did not remember this demon from before.
0: I didn't either. It took me a while. And then I was like, oh,
1: what do they call him? Smash face? Yes. Okay. Well, I hated it. Yeah. I was so scared. I this was that was the only moment in the entire movie where I was genuinely scared. By the way, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I know we've talked about this kind of before in other Insidious films, but mm-hmm. they the, in the first one I was genuinely scared, like on and off throughout it. But this one, that was the only time where I was genuinely scared. I don't know. It was
0: like you know what it did. It was because of the it was because of the MRI machine. Yeah. um it was because of the machine and it was the you're closed and you're vulnerable you're just kind of he wasn't strapped right but he was just stuck because there's like literally no way you can get out of there
1: right yeah he just had no room to lean up so he couldn't he couldn't out.
0: really get out like you oh. can't unless he like pushes himself out oh, like. even just
1: talking about it is making me so nervous yeah. <laughs> I can't <laughs> sorry uh, no it's okay but when you said that I was like oh I hate it yeah. no uh,
0: it's 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 like it's the whole like helplessness like it's like watching buried by (laughs) with ryan reynolds
1: (laughs) no don't bring up that movie i like to pretend it doesn't happen it didn't happen uh (laughs) so we get smash face and it did scare me and it gets attacked but then when they when he starts screaming Mm -hmm. the doctor pulls him out and they were like you've been asleep for 15 minutes like (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? Relax, (laughs) homie. Yeah, he's like, the lights didn't go off. Like, I thought he was fucking with him at first. Yeah. So then MRI comes back clear. So there's nothing, we know there's nothing medical going on. Yeah. Uh, But the whole reason he's even at this house by himself, playing this like memory card game that he creates on his windows, which took me a second. I was like, why are his windows? Like, I was like, damn, he's like down bad as a bachelor. He can't even fix his windows. (laughs) Yeah, I was just like,
0: oh, right. And then I was like, wait, what? Because you don't, because given all the other movies, right? You're like, did he have a mental break? Like, is he, is he he like covering his walls? Like, what's going
1: on here? I thought it was a beautiful minding. I was like, what is happening? But he just has these pictures like taped up backwards on his window so he can do this match game to improve his memory. And the doctor gives him this suggestion and he says, you want me to play a game? for children. And I lose it every time because he's so serious about it. And the doctor says, you know, we can learn a lot from children. <laughs> like the more I think about it, the funnier it is to me. Again, the dialogue. 12 out of 10, you guys. Yes. Just, just, it, just, it works. Okay. It works. <laughs> it, uh, there's a moment coming up too that I'm going to try to make it through without Cracking up, but we'll see. Uh, but he's playing the memory game, trying to match the you know flip over the card and match the pictures. And that's when we realize this figure, just like the one that was at the beginning of the movie at the funeral, this big figure that we can't see in focus is slowly getting closer and closer to the window. Did did you laugh or jump when the window's busted?
0: I. Laughed.
1: I laughed too! We all were like, What is happening? I mean, I was I like I was a little startled, but it was very uh seventies exploitation. It action was movie.
0: I was just like I was expecting someone to be like have some
1: cheesy line of like, now come here. Well he he gets like blown backwards from the force of it. And I was like, yeah. Wow, damn, dad's got hands. <laughs> so that's when we realize that this demon version of his father is after him, which was really interesting to me because you know what he looks like? What? He was very much giving 78 Dawn of the Dead zombie. <gasps> yes, he with was the ashen face? Yes, and it didn't help that he was wearing the clothes from the 70s.
0: No, I mean, he was from the 70s. <laughs> yeah,
1: but we find out through a series, again, they're really hit or miss with the exposition style in these films because it's either all show where you kind of have to piece together things or all tell where you're literally watching and you're a like, character watch a videotape. Yeah. yeah, you're like watching a character watch a videotape that's telling you, in 1974, my dad jumped off the roof and said, this ends with me, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, but we don't get that with his dad and we we piece it together. You know, he jumped off the roof of a medical facility and he said, this ends with me. hmm men will literally rather kill themselves than go to therapy. Like that's okay. That's kind of a fucked up joke, you guys, but, but, truly, but no, like, so true. It's true. Please. If you are a loved one need it, we will happily get you the resources you need. But like men's yeah. mental health, it always kills me when people are like men's mental health matters too. And I'm like, yes, I'm yes. glad we were in agreement about that. Why but did you But you can you think- only
0: help people that want to help themselves.
1: Well, it's just always crazy to me that they always uh say it in a you know, men like, matter too. Like as if they're way. not. Yeah, oh. right. They always say it in like a uh, they matter too and I'm like, "Okay, you don't have to be defensive. I agree with you." Like, yes.
0: This is but, this is spring 2020 all over again.
1: <laughs> I know. But truly, like that's what this movie is in a nutshell is like we tried to stop our family demon literally and it comes down through the uh, f- the father line, the mm-hmm. paternal line, which is also, I do want to talk about how that's kind of the opposite of-
0: Of the movie we covered last week.
1: <laughs> I-, I was going to say of witchcraft or and less. magical things in general. Yeah, our last episode, you guys, yeah. instead of being given through the mother, it's given through the father, which is really interesting to me because, again, spiritual gifts are usually considered- "Quote unquote," passed down via maternal lineage, and so mm-hmm. it was really interesting to me that in this series they choose to do it through the paternal lineage,
0: right? Like, I mean, also good
1: because yes.
0: you know, um, uh, it's about time that you know, spiritual trauma gets passed on
1: through. <laughs> I, I can't. I mean, it's about truly, time. It's just really interesting to me because. This, these films are so patriarchal. They're mm-hmm. so patriarchal. And we mm-hmm. still love them. But it's very father-focused. Even with Rose Byrne's character. Like, she is not... She's pretty helpless in the first movie.
0: hmm
1: Like, she's just kind of along for the ride. And then she kind of gets to be a little bit of a help in the second movie. But that's about it.
0: Well, the first movie she spent being gaslit to hell
1: right i don't have a demon yeah uh i am the demon actually uh but but i don't know i just find this whole take on it very different and i think there's a larger discussion to have about magic being a tool when Mm -hmm. it's passed down from maternal ancestors yeah and spirituality being a weapon when it's passed down Mm -hmm. the paternal lineage. Because this was something I was talking about, actually with my therapist, is that I do feel bad for a lot of heterosexual cis men because they don't have a community that also is in some way not violent. And I wanna be sensitive about this because it is a sensitive topic, but women, we get to have growing up, especially slumber parties. Like Mm -hmm. stereotypically, like dance, you know, dance groups, cheerleading groups, Girl Scouts, um, things that are very nurturing and and considered emotionally soft. Right. Mm -hmm. But men, especially as adults, their groups are always anything where they feel communion and community is very often centered around power, violence or both. Yep. Yep. I mean, e- even the fact that they're called gentlemen's clubs, you're exploiting someone else's body yeah. to get satisfaction. So mm-hmm. for entertainment. So I say all that to say, I think that these films are a positive patriarchal heavy film, yes. not difference between being patriarchal and patriarchy, <laughs> which is a whole other for whole that. Other podcast, go see guys. the Barbie movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. My favorite thing in the world, this has nothing to do with anything else except the Barbie movie, with <laughs> me, my Bafna, you guys, and it said, the Barbie movie was just about Ken trying to commit January 6th, and I lost it, I was like, "Yes, oh my god, so hopefully oh. you've seen the Barbie movie, if you haven't, sorry, that's only a very mild Spoiling. And can
0: someone get me a Mojo Dojo Casa House? That'd we be great. We can want a Mojo Dojo
1: Casa House. <laughs> you know what they needed in this movie? <laughs> this movie needed a safe space for guys at the Mojo Dojo Casa House. It did. And you know what? These th- poor men.
0: Yeah. You know what? This movie needed an Alan. It did
1: need an Alan. I think Chris was kind of the Alan. Chris and like girl. the younger
0: brother were kind of Alan's. okay.
1: So so we get both of them now have been attacked and. Patrick Wilson realizes I have to go back to my house and, like, sync up with my son in the further to, to defeat the demon once and for all. So we're getting towards the end of the. Oh, time. no, he doesn't even
0: know anything about it yet. He has to go back and then Roseburn tells him everything.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> so in the meantime while patrick is finally being filled in on just how betrayed he has been by his wife <laughs> well betrayed for a good reason yes well and his uh, mother
0: and everybody else
1: <laughs> right everyone in his life has literally erased this chapter from his life we get a scene with dalton where he's calling his he's calling his younger sibling and he's like <laughs> the younger sibling whose name escapes me at the moment is like dalton i heard mom telling dad and literally it's another instance of just the most blatant exposition but he goes yeah dalton says tell me little brother (laughs) yeah and then and then dalton's just like hey do you remember this red door and
0: he's just like how do you not remember like, right, mom told me it didn't you, exist.
1: Right. And what kills me is him saying, tell me, little brother, because it was giving, what do you see with your special eyes? <laughs> My brand. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was, it absolutely took me out. Everyone in our theater laughed, which I don't think was the intended response. Again, no, I don't just, think
0: it was, but it was just so out of pocket.
1: <laughs> it was so fucking funny. But they have this, again, uh, very uh, exposition heavy conversation on the phone where they're just recapping. What Dalton does and doesn't remember. At the same time, we're cutting back to Rose and Patrick having this conversation of I, I had to lie to you for your own mental health. Which is if that's not like the gaslighter's anthem. I'd... Listen, he Come deserved on. it
0: after every after him gaslighting her.
1: He did try to almost kill them. So, you know, very fair. Listen,
0: this is just a very like, and this and that's what you missed on Glee moment.
1: It literally, that's what it was. Okay, so we have a deeper conversation finally Mm -hmm. about how what essentially this entire film series is about, which is domestic abuse. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't even say that it's a metaphor for domestic abuse. It literally is domestic abuse because Rose's character says, we know that that wasn't you being like, that wasn't controlling you, but it was still your face holding that hammer. Yeah, That, when I tell you, I went, oof out
0: loud yeah and it brought back that point from earlier with chris and dalton
1: yes holy shit yes but i think you don't even have to be abused physically Mm -mm. you can just know someone who is truly like even just substance or alcohol or whatever and they're just fueled by rage Right. And they're going to blame that addiction. They're going to say or that anger. And they're going to say that's not me. That was the anger talking. That's not me. That was the alcohol talking.
0: Yeah, but you're the mascot. Right? Yeah, you're the brand. You're the face.
1: And I think that that's something that people who've never experienced it or addicts themselves don't fully get sometimes mm-hmm. where I will forever associate you with what you said and did, no matter how many times you say sorry, which is a tough pill to swallow because everybody's done something to hurt someone else's feelings right? or their emotions
0: that's like even when you're a kid and like you know because like my mom did this a bunch too it's like so yeah i completely understand where she's coming from as i grew older and even as a kid i understood to a degree but like you know when she yeah. would yell or she would get very upset or like of something course. like she was a she was slash is someone that throws pots uh not at people just you know just in lots general. Of banging and clanging and whatnot and like but then she would come back later and apologize and be like i'm sorry like da 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 but like it's like okay cool but damage done. Like, right, Because exactly. it's like, you can't really go back and tape over that. It's not a VHS. Like, you know, like you can't...
1: Oh, man. You can't
0: tape over that mixtape. Um,
1: if only we had the laser from Men in Black. I swear I say that once a week now. <laughs> like, there's always something where I'm like, I wish I didn't know this. Uh, <laughs> so they get into the further together and we're winding down, realizing that this is kind of going to be the final boss battle. hmm I was thrilled to see lipstick face again, Me thrilled. Too. I love lipstick face. As soon as they dropped that needle on tiptoe through the tulips, everyone was like, "Oh, it's on!" <laughs> like, <laughs> very. You know, we all knew what was coming. We knew they were going to use it. Mm-hmm. And then we get Dalton going. I guess technically back in time. Would you consider it back in time? Technically, yeah. Okay. Technically. Time works very strangely it's in this franchise. Very so.
0: strange, and he also completed his painting. And please tell me you got here's Johnny. Vibes oh, absolutely. From that, like it, I thought, it was Jack Nicholson for a second.
1: Oh no, absolutely, because I mean that's ultimately how he wins the war against the demons. But right in when they're in the further, and he's chained up, and Patrick Wilson has to use the same hammer that he had threatened his life with mm-hmm. to then release him from these chains. To me, again, way less of a metaphor and more just a kind of a comforting slap in the face where there's only so much self-help you can do Mm -hmm. before you need reconciliation. You need emotional healing. You know, like there's only, my my therapist said it this week. She was like, there's only so much self-healing we can do on our inner child. Like we, we need each other. That's what being human is. That's what, you know, we need community. Yeah. And so truly this film hits all of the notes for me that I think they've been building to since the first one mm-hmm. and even though this was more blatant, way less of a metaphor, way more literal I still enjoyed the ending of Patrick Wilson I mean we thought he was going to sacrifice himself. Did you think that? I did. I did too. I thought he was a honor. Okay. Because when he's like shoving against the door and he's like this ends with me. <laughs> Again, very cheesy, <laughs> but yeah. effective. Yes. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I know I put a lot of emotional weight into these films, this entire mm-hmm. series, but this one felt especially connected. So Dalton walks out of the further now that Patrick has freed him from this cage in Mr. Lipstick's basement. And Dalton, to close the door forever, just dumps paint on it in his painting.
0: Yep. Which is like, so cool. <sighs>
1: It looked amazing. Oh, but the the practical and special effects in this were incredible as Mm -hmm. usual. But I find it really interesting that instead of defeating the demon, they pull a Babadook on it and they just keep it locked behind that door.
0: It was, it was pretty cool. Um, And it also like, I mean, if you're going to, we're going to dive into deeper meaning, which of course we do because that's our, that's our thing. I think. But it's also just, like, there's no need to eradicate a demon as it is to just lock it up. Like, he's literally compartmentalizing
1: the further there, you know? Listen. Like,
0: like that's something where it's like, I'm not ready to deal with that right now. So, um, painter done.
1: I, I'm so glad you brought that up because for me, I was like, oh, you can read this two ways. Either one, mm-hmm. he's compartmentalizing, which I think is the most obvious. Mm-hmm. Or two, he's like, this can no longer affect me. And he's pulling a shining slash doctor sleep. Yes. And putting it somewhere where it can be useful, where it can be inspiration. Cause, so I'm going to call her Marsha, but that's not her name in the movie. No, (laughs) The art teacher has told him over and over again, you need to use your, I mean, she says it what? Three or four times. times, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's like, you have to use your inner world. You have to use your past. You have to let it fuel you. So Mm -hmm. to me, it almost read like, okay, I'm going to keep this thing that happened a part of me, but I'm just going to only make it profitable essentially, which I think anyone that's an artist can relate to. Uh, I always say that (laughs) acting can be therapeutic, but it is not a substitute for therapy. No. But you are a more interesting actor when you have life experience, which is Mm -hmm. why I think certain actors get better with age. Uh, and that's kind of what I latched onto, you know, in this film. Mm -hmm. So, Bhavna, do you have final thoughts before we give ratings and all of our shenanigans? Yeah. Um,
0: I liked how much this called back on the entire series, or at least their story in the entire series. Same. I liked that he got to talk to Elise at the end. And, the, and he, she used the same line as the other guy. I forgot his name, but he's the medium that uses the die to yes. talk. Um, like the, oh, I'm a friend of your mother's.
1: That made me very sad. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. It just made me like, very sad. my entire theater went, oh,
0: when she showed up.
1: I had mixed feelings about Elise showing back up, but mm-hmm. I'll save that for my final thoughts. Fair enough
0: um yeah no i i liked this if this is the last one um then i thought it was a nice like healing chapter like that family can heal now you know like anything they've got it from here yeah you know like anything i doubt something like this will happen to them again and if it does they've got this like they're like okay they're on the same page again so it's almost like a full circle right they went from Mm -hmm. like going through the whole journey together and then like having to drift apart because of, you know, the memory wipe and everything. And now they're like, all right, like it's a nice little fantasy that this
1: family can heal now. It is. It's Listen, it is a therapeutic fantasy. Mm -hmm. Well, my final thoughts were just that I don't know how I feel about Elise coming back as a ghost because it took me until the middle of the movie to realize that that doctor with the dice had been a ghost. Mm -hmm. I didn't recognize him at first. Okay. Uh, And I was like, oh, I don't like that Patrick Wilson can still see ghosts. (laughs) Like like if they're going to close the door on the further or the demon world, but I guess you're right. They can still, they still have access to the further. They still have access to that part of them, but hopefully the demons are all locked in the basement. I don't know.
0: And these weren't projecting ghosts though. Like when he saw them before, it was like he had to go into the further, but now he's like out of there. You know what I mean? Like when he was a kid, he was unwittingly going there, but now they've kind of shut, not blocked off the door, but they shut off the door of the people that frequently go after them. So I feel like they'd still be able to see ghosts, but it's like in their realm, not in the ghost realm, not in the further. Not in the
1: further. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. And like these two ghosts
0: were at peace. So the ones they saw out in the Uh, wild.
1: You're so right. We're either fresh or at peace. That's, you're absolutely right. Uh I don't know if you guys heard my, but Bobna like blew my mind a little bit with that one. Um Again, I was very tied emotionally to this. So I think my logical part of my brain that's, that can normally kind of suss out what the plot is going to do just did not pick up on that at all. And um, it's been a minute
0: since I've seen, I saw it like, opening weekend
1: (laughs) yes and I saw it last weekend so it was like a week and a half gap
0: I've had a Um, minute to sit on it (laughs) yeah
1: good point good point well I'm gonna give this a mm, four out of five um I think everybody should watch the originals to get a flavor so one and two Mm -hmm. Uh, three is fun but it's not a necessity and then four is also fun not a necessity but go definitely watch this if you're into sort of more family drama more the flavor of um you know haunting of hill house or pretty much anything from mike um but i'm gonna give it four out of five i Mm. didn't have any expectations for this not negative or positive I, i just genuinely didn't know what they were gonna do with it Yeah, i had seen a teaser. And y'all know, that's all I see before I see a movie. Um, Mm And so I don't know, I was very pleased with how it ended up. Me too.
0: Uh, I'm also gonna give it about a four out of five. I had a good time. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. And I liked that it was a bit of a wrap up and didn't spend too much time trying to Easter egg itself. Um, It worked. Which We were worried about. Yeah, yes. So everything they included worked and they made it work. Um, And yes, I do agree as well. Everything to what Jamie said in terms of watching the other two or three movies
1: really enjoyed it you guys so we're super stands of the first movie you can go back and listen to that episode and so obviously we kind of knew what we were getting with this one and i think we have gotten to the end of our list of notes y'all so yeah bhavna where can the people find you they can find me
0: on twitter instagram uh, sorry twitter hive and blue sky as the lucky charms and then on Mm -hmm. instagram as the lucky charms a little underscore at the end where can they find you jamie
1: Um, I'm at Glitter Burrito on Blue Sky and at Jamie Kirsten Howard spelled like Kirsten Dunst (laughs) on Instagram. I have my website and my bio for everything if you want to work together. You can find us at Bloody Broads Pod on all social media. Be on the lookout for new newsletters on the Patreon. Our Patreon is also Bloody Broads Pod. Mm -hmm. We have bonus episodes and interviews every month and coming for our two year anniversary, which also aligns with my birthday Mm -hmm. and also aligns with the first of fall, which Mm -hmm. is official kickoff to our favorite season, spooky season. Yeah. We're gonna have many, many goodies. So subscribe tell a friend tell a friend and Bhavna if someone didn't like this episode where can they put it
0: in a five star review
1: (laughs) and we will read it on the episode alright guys until next time bye bye